0: Welcome to the Learning Outside the Lines podcast. I'm Ann Ryan, your host, a homeschool mom of four and passionate about education. In the first few episodes of this podcast, I wanted to talk a little bit about the who, what, why, and where of the basics of homeschooling, just in a very abbreviated version. And last episode, I talked about the whys of homeschooling, and they were more centered around challenges and possibly some negative kinds of reasons that people might homeschool, such as safety, or health issues, or learning disabilities. Or in the case of religion, some people may not see this so much as a choice, but just as a given. So today, I wanted to talk a little bit more about the whys, but in terms of more positive or unique situations that traditional school just may not work for. I've been lucky enough to know some people that have decided to travel for extended periods in an RV. They traveled the country and they learned about the history and the culture and the specific communities that they visited. They obviously learned about history from the landmarks and the historical sites firsthand and were able to talk with people that lived there and the different museums and things like that. So they learned a lot of history and other kinds of of situations that they never would have been able to learn from books or lectures, and that is a super cool thing. Some of the side benefits benefits obviously that they learned from RVing would be simplifying and prioritizing since they're very limited on space and what they can keep. Obviously school just isn't gonna work in this kind of situation. And while some people may do online schooling via their computer, And some could certainly just take their books along and do homeschooling that way. Some people just do no school for either extended periods of time on these trips or for the whole trip. A lot of people call this unschooling. Now, unschooling isn't learning nothing. Unschooling is just not doing a formal method of learning. They're learning from the things they're interested in. They're learning from just reading. They're learning just basically... From life in many cases. They're learning from experience. Similar to this, there are some people that I have spoken with via the internet that basically live almost off the grid. Usually this is either in Canada or Alaska or some places like that. And there just is no school accessible to them at all. So again, that's just a unique situation that you would need to have alternatives to school you would either do some kind of online schooling or your own curriculum that you were able to get and do it via homeschooling. Or again, that may be something that they don't use any formal schooling at all and they're just learning from doing. They're learning by being outdoors in nature, they're learning by living off the land and growing their own food, chopping their own wood, possibly building their own structures, all those kinds of things. We think of those kinds of things as only happening in the movies, but it really does happen. It happens today. It happens. It's been happening for a long time. And it's very cool to be able to interact with some of those people online on a rare occasion and find out that this is really happening today. And these kids are getting a super unique experience that they never would have been able to get. Now, clearly, some of those kids probably don't wish that they were in that situation. And they crave the big city and things like that, because the grass is always greener on the other side. But again, it's just another situation where homeschooling meets a need for unique situations. Now, another thing that I have encountered more recently living in Southern California is a lot of children are acting and modeling and active in very competitive sports. And obviously, these kinds of situations require tremendous amounts of practice and travel and dedication to their sport or to their uh, hobby or their career. And those kinds of things just aren't going to work well with the school schedule. Some of these kids will use tutors. Some of them will use homeschool programs. Some of them will have special kinds of programs where they a couple students will gather together and do kind of a small group kind of situation. There is a variety of, of ways to do it. They basically fit their education needs around their talents. And that's not to say that their education is less important. It's just that they're fitting their needs around their their life, around their livelihood and what's important to them. Special interests are another situation where students Need to fit their education around their interest or their talent, or their interest is in fact their education. Case in point, there are quite a few homeschool students that are authors at very young ages, such as Aragon. And I know some students right now that are writing their novels, they're writing their books in their high school years, and that is their education. They're learning how to write, and they're learning how to edit, and they're learning how to interact with other authors and getting critiques and improving, and they're learning how to write business letters to publishers, and these kinds of situations. They're learning social media marketing. They're learning so much around their craft. And this is a really key thing to remember, too. Is that there are some students that just have a tremendous amount of talent around a specific area, such as writing or or art or music, and that is their education. They are they still are learning some of the other uh, skills, such as you know history or science or some of those things, but they've probably gotten most of those foundation skills earlier in their in their elementary or middle school years, and as they get older and they're spending more time with their talent, those subjects just really are not as important. They've learned the, fo- the foundation pieces, they've learned the basics, and now they're moving on to what is really critical to their interest. Another situation is there was a boy that was very interested in a colonial kind of um, of manual labor kind of arts and he went to a local uh, club that specialized in displays for different events and he learned blacksmithing and he actually joined an apprentice program where he apprenticed with a blacksmith in high school and he learned all that he needed to know to become a blacksmith now clearly this isn't one of those careers that you know there's a huge Uh, need for it. But this was someone that had a passion for it. He had a knack for it. And he went on to start his own business at a very young age. I think he was 18 years old. And he started his own blacksmithing business. And he was forging uh, knives. And so as well as other things, but he had a tremendous talent and he learned obviously all kinds of science around this as well as the other skills with with marketing and writing and art and this was something that he's still doing today as far as i know some children are just truly gifted and they're prodigies and school simply isn't going to be beneficial for them they often grow out of whatever the curriculum is at the local school very very quickly and that's usually pretty evident. And they need specialized support that a school just isn't going to be able to give them. So that may come from their parents, that may come from special tutors, that may come from college classes at an early age, or some other specialized programs. But usually gifted children really, they need to be challenged. For them to just bump up a few grades, sometimes that may be all that they need, but oftentimes they really need to be challenged in different ways that a school just can't give them. Oftentimes they need to move through material much faster. A lot of times they need to be able to expand on a subject much broader or much deeper than they're able to in school. And this is just something that a school just can't accommodate. At this point, I want to throw in the Quote, what about socialization? Because that's usually when this kind of topic will come up. When you're talking about some of these kids that are not going through the traditional method of school, and you'll talk to people about it, and they'll be all concerned and say, But what about socialization? And I know this is this concern is genuine. People, you know, they care about the children and they want the best for them but it just comes from simply not understanding how kids learn and interact. If you think about the school day, they really don't have that much time that they're interacting with their peers. It's all uh, schedule set on bells and structure, and they get 15 minutes twice a day, perhaps, at recess to run and play with their friends, and they maybe get 20, 30 minutes at lunchtime to interact with their friends, but really it's pretty limited in the amount of actual, quote, socialization that they're getting with interacting with their peers. And if you think about kids that are just living life, that are going to the grocery store, that are going to the post office, that are going to daily activities, and they're interacting with people from a variety of ages, young and old, and they still have their friends in their neighborhood or in scouts or in their sports or other extracurricular activities those are the places where people are learning social interaction and these kinds of things are really more important because when you're interacting in the world you're not just dealing with your same peer ages you're dealing with people of all ages and from all backgrounds and all types of cultures. So operating in your community and interacting is actually way more beneficial for socialization than being stuck in a same age peer group day after day. So basically, I just wanted to say that the socialization worry is just non-existent. It's really not an issue. Sure, there's someone that's going to say I knew someone who was socially maladjusted. So sure. There's always going to be the exception. But generally, by and large, kids at homeschool, kids that do these uh, alternative education models, they are just fine. And in many cases, if you talk to other adults that interact with these kids, they will tell you that they're actually better adjusted because they can deal with a variety of ages much more comfortably. Lastly, I kind of want to talk about that problem child. And when I say that, I don't mean that they have a learning disability, or that they're even a behavior problem or anything like that. But it's that child that really just doesn't thrive in school. They don't like to be told what to do. They are bored in school. And they may be failing, or they're certainly not doing well. And the teacher will tell you. And you'll even know. It's not that they're dumb. It's not that they don't understand the material. It's not that they don't know how to do it. It's just that they don't fit the school model. They don't want to conform. They don't want to fall into that routine of just listening to rote instructions and regurgitating them out on the paper. And that's not a bad thing. Oftentimes, these kids just need a different environment. They need to operate on their own time schedule. They may learn wonderfully in the evenings. That may be when they are very productive and when they take in all their information. And then during the day or in the morning, they're just not taking in as much information because that's when they're tired, that's when they're not fully functioning and awake yet. And though that's not being lazy, that is just how people operate differently. If you talk to certain geniuses of the uh, big corporations and uh, Elon Musk, I think there was just a quote from him that said, I didn't go to Harvard, but I have people that work for me that did. And that's true. The people that are the dreamers, the people that are the creatives and think outside the box, they probably did not do very well in school. It's because they learn differently. They wanted to expand what they were learning about. They wanted to learn about it in a different way. So that's just something to think about. If you have one of these kids that are just a different kind of learner and they want to learn in their own way, homeschooling or unschooling is something to consider. I hope these last two episodes of The Whys of Homeschooling have given you some food for thought. There clearly is way more information that we could talk about, but I just wanted to give you a brief overview of a starting point of things to think about, plant some seeds for you to think about, to possibly consider doing something different for your child if they need it. I want to thank you for taking the time to listen today, and I hope that you will subscribe subscribe so that you'll catch the next episode when it comes out. Until next time, don't be afraid to go outside the lines.